Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at cwcbayarea.com for service times and directions. This morning, I'm going to ask you to turn your Bibles to the book of John, chapter 16. I'm going to do a little review to kind of catch some of you up. Stand to your feet, John chapter 16, and as you're turning there, turn to your neighbor and tell him, close the gap. Turn to your another neighbor and tell him, close the gap. If you're sitting by yourself, tap yourself and say, no one likes me. No, I'm just kidding. Just, just kidding. Use some deodorant next week and uh, maybe someone will sit next to you. I want you to notice this. The, the disciples, up to this point, Jesus has only spoken to the disciples through parables. And parables were stories that God used to be able to share a truth without totally revealing that truth. Because Jesus never shared what was truly valuable and just gave it to someone. He wanted them to be able to dig to look for that truth. If someone wanted that truth bad enough, they would dig and look for that truth. He wouldn't lay the gold right in front of them. He would bury it a little bit and whet their appetite to get them to go look for it. But on this occasion, Jesus stopped speaking in parables, and he speaks very plainly to the disciples about what's going to happen. And they stop. They're, they're, they're literally stunned. And they tell Jesus, wait a minute, you're not speaking to us in parables anymore. This is his word. What, We pick it up in verse 29. And his disciples said, at last you are speaking plainly and not figuratively. How many, there's times where it seems like God is talking in riddles to you. It's like, come on, God, just be straight with me. Come on, just can, can you just let me know what's going on? Why, well, you're, you're tripping a brother out here. But here Jesus just tells him straightly, what, what plainly what's going on. Verse 30, now we understand. Everyone say understand. They have that aha moment that you know everything, that there's no need to question you. From this we believe, someone say believe, believe. that you came from God. Let's pray. Father, help in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated this morning. I want you to understand what takes place here. Something powerful takes place. A breakthrough happens. Everyone say breakthrough. breakthrough. They, they come to a point in their, their following of Christ. What's up, Jake? They, they go through a place in their following of Christ that something very powerful takes place. Jesus stops speaking to them in parables and stories and tells them plainly about what's going to happen. And so they're, they're like, wow, you know, now we get it. Have you ever had that aha moment where you finally get what God is trying to tell you? Right? And so this is what they have a breakthrough. And in other words, they're telling Jesus this. Jesus, we are convinced. We're convinced that who you are. We believe in who you are. And to, but the, the problem is this, is that God knows human nature because God created humans. Right? How many times have you said, you know what, I'm going to go on this diet. I'm going to get in shape. And you know, you may, tomorrow morning, I tell you, this is the last bad meal I'm going to have tomorrow morning. I'm going to go all in. I'm going to get the supplements. You go online, you get all the supplements. You even start doing that food preparation. You start, got by all that chicken, the broccoli, the brown rice, and you start putting all the meals together. And next morning you wake up and instead of eating that, you eat a donut. Oh, I'll start tomorrow. I'll get, I'll get it going. You have a breakthrough, but Jesus understood something. He had spent the past three years pouring into the disciples, and, and they, they wavered between belief 
and they've wavered between doubt. I believe in God, but then I doubt God. I believe God can do it, but I just don't know. And we, they're just like you and I. Where there's times that we really believe in God, and then there's times that we doubt God. And we've all been there, and Jesus understood the dynamic at work wasn't just with the disciples, but was with human nature. We all go through that point. How, how many here, don't raise your hands. I'll raise it for you, okay? Have ever wavered between believing who God is and trusting that he'll do it. And so we waver between doubt and faith, faith and doubt. And Jesus understood that there's a big gap between what I say I believe, my conviction, and what I do based on my convenience. Because many people believe something, but they don't do it. And there's a gap between what I believe and what I do. And Jesus understood this. So look at Jesus' response to them after they say, we believe, verse 31. Jesus said, do you finally believe? Didn't we just tell you that? We just told you we believe. And Jesus tells him, whenever Jesus asks you a question, you know you're in trouble. Because he already knows the answer. He says, verse 32, but a time is coming. Somebody say time. And indeed is here now when you will be scattered, each one, going to his own way, leaving me alone. And yet I am not alone because the Father is with me. Now, now I can imagine the disciples saying, wait, wait a minute, Jesus. We just told you we believe. And in other words, I just told you I'm with you. Your back is got. I'm with you, Jesus. You know, I, I'm your ride or die. I'm going to be with you. You don't have to worry about a thing. I want you to know I'm all in. You don't have to question if I'm with you. You got to know that your back is got right now, that I'm going to be with you. Uh, no matter what happens, no matter what soldiers come against you, I got you. Yeah, yeah we don't know if we're supposed to clap right there or not. <laughs> Because that's what the disciples are saying at this moment. But Jesus has understood the gap. And Jesus is saying, listen, I understand that you, what you believe. Everyone say conviction. But Jesus understood that human nature will always give in to convenience. That what I'm convinced of isn't always what I do. And this is what Jesus understood. That there is a constant battle between my conviction, I know I shouldn't sleep around, and my convenience. She was so fine. Between my conviction, I know that I should have dominion over my environment, but somehow I just can't stop smoking. It's convenient. So a plant has dominion over you, tobacco, heroin, cocaine, weed. A plant has dominion over a man when man was created to have dominion over his environment. Whether it's a grape, whether it's, whether it's beer, anything that has control over you wasn't the way God intended it to be. Now, stay with me now, okay? You with me? We live in an age where our convictions give way to what's convenient. And I, we, we say we believe something, but we don't do it. And, and that the battle rages in every area of our life. Take a look at all these areas. You could just put them up there financially. We know what we should do financially, but we don't do it, right? Physically or spiritually, sexually, relationally, 
physically, even in the area mentally, we know the things that we're supposed to do to get well in these different areas. But there is a gap between what I know and there's a gap between what I actually do. Right? Jesus understood this gap. And every one of you, especially those of you not clapping, understand this. You're not clapping because you're like, dang, he knows. God knows. But I want you, you're not the only one. We all have gaps. Whenever I try to get healthy, whenever I try to work out, and I tell you, I have to, I have this battle in my mind. I was in, in, in Idaho this past week, and I'm laying there in bed in Idaho, and we have to be up at a meeting at 7 a.m. And so I'm laying there in bed, and I made a commitment to myself to work out on a daily basis, to get in shape and so forth. So I'm laying there, and I'm thinking that in order to get my workout in, I have to be up at 345. And I'm laying in bed, and I'm like, oh, heck no. Oh, no. Three, four. You know what? And I'm, I'm, I'm having this conversation in my mind saying, you know what? You don't have to do this. You're, you're, you're gonna, you're, you'll get exercise later. And I got this conversation in my mind. And so I get up at 3.30. I mean, at 3.45, I get up. I, I hit my knees. I pray. I get up, get dressed, go down to the workout center. And the workout center doesn't open till 6 a.m., Pastor Matt said, thank you, Lord. <laughs> thank you, Lord. You lying devil. <laughs> I rebuke you. I'm going back to bed. And I stood there talking to the guy behind the counter. I said, really? This thing doesn't, you guys are a resort and you don't open up until 6 a.m.? He goes, well, if you want to work out now, I can open it for you. Okay. Open it up. <laughs> Slide him a $5 bill, go in and work out. Next day, I go down to do the same thing. And they say, it's against our policy to open up early. So I'm like, oh, you lying devil. <laughs> going to go back up and go to bed. But I didn't say anything. I got this thing going on in my head. So, well, the guy opened up for me yesterday. Well, he shouldn't have done that. I just stood there silent. Now... Mind you, I had a do-rag on. I had my Under Armour outfit on. I didn't look like the typical patron of that establishment. And as I just stood there staring at him, he said, I'll open it up for you. (laughs) What am I telling you is that sometimes there's a gap between what we say we believe and what we really do. And you, have to, you can't make the decision to do the right thing when that opportunity comes. The decision has to be made before the opportunity even arises. And so when I'm laying in bed and I'm saying I'm not going to get up, I have to tell myself, self, you already made a decision. You already made a choice to health. You already made a choice to work out. You, this, this is, there's no conversation here. You, might, you, can, you, you can cry. You can moan. You can, uh, you can get all upset. And I'll do all you want, but you're getting up. You're, you're going to be there, and you're, you might as well just do it because the choice was already made. you got to make a choice spiritually. you got to make a choice financially. you got to make a choice in your mind. you got to make a choice in your body. It has to be made early to close that gap. And I, I shared with you those three levels of faith a couple weeks ago. I'm not going to take time on those things. I'm, I'm going to skip over those and jump right into the, uh, this here. When Jesus told them, you're, you're going to forsake me, and they end up forsaking him. They end up literally walking away from him as we look in the word, take a look at these, these scriptures here in the book of Mark. It says, at that point, all the disciples, someone say all. all. 
all the disciples deserted him and fled. You imagine after three years, Jesus pours his life into these guys, and they just got done saying, we believe. We know who you are. And now they all, not one of all of them, desert him. They all run away from him. But I want you to notice the key in Jesus' response. Now, if it had been me, later for you. You know, fine, you're going to walk away from me? Get then. You know what? I'll start over with a new group of disciples. You know how we are, right? You're lucky I'm not God. Right? Don't, don't look at me like that because you'd be the same way. You know, because we, we, we've all been hurt. We've, someone, all, someone has done us wrong or whatever. And here in this time, look what Jesus said. Look at the, what he's saying here. But the time, but the time is coming. Someone say the time. What Jesus is saying, this is the key, that we all face a time. We're all going to face a time in our lives. We're all going to be in a point where we're going to get scattered. That God knows. He knows what you're going to go through. Jesus is saying that we are all going to have trials, but to take heart that he's overcome the world. Okay? These are the keys that Jesus begins to give us. And I want you to notice the number one thing. Everyone say a time. I want you to grab a hold of this because this is important. What Jesus is saying is that we're all going to face a time. Everyone say time again. Time is a moment. It's not a year. The, the, the Greek word for time literally means a moment. We're all going to have a moment in our lives where things aren't going to work right. Jesus never promised that we were going to have uh, daisies and sunshine and run through the fields naked and throwing rose petals. We're not going to have, you're going to go through some troubles in this life. You're going to have a time. You're going to go through a time in life. You're going to go through some struggle. You're going to go through some battle. But listen, man up, pull up your big boy pants, pick up your big, big girl panties and move on. We all go through some tough times. Jesus says you're going to go through that time. And he literally says an hour, a moment, you're going to go through it. That time would be when Jesus dies. He knew that when I die, all of you guys are going to trip and you're going to run away. And the Bible is clear at this that it's an hour. It's not a lifetime. So don't trip out when you go through something tough. Jesus was telling us it's going to happen. It's not a lifestyle. It's a moment. Oh, come on, somebody. But, but, but some of us, we are, we are so spoiled that we think somehow when I come to know Christ, everything's going to be great. I'm never going to have another problem. I'm never going to have another issue. Listen, there's only two kinds of people with problems. Those that know God and those that don't. Some of y'all get that on the way home. Everyone has problems. The difference is we have someone to run to. Someone that is, I am. When Moses said, who shall I say sent me? He says, tell him I am has sent you. Because if I tell them I'm a healer, they're not going to know that I'm a provider. If I tell them I'm a provider, they're not going to know that I'm their peace. If I tell them I'm their peace, they're not going to really realize that I, that I am their, their deliverance. Uh, so what, what do I, just, just tell them I am sent you. I am whatever you need, whenever you need it. Tell him I am has sent you. Do not put a period where God has placed a comma in your life. Because many of us have ended things when God is just saying, this is just a moment, a pause. 
Now, now I'm going to take you somewhere. Stay with me, all right? John 16, verse 32. But the time is coming and indeed is here now. In other words, Jesus is saying, this is going to happen. Your time's here where you will be scattered. Everyone say scattered. scattered. Have you ever been in a place of scattered in your life? Scatterbrained? Finances are scattered. Your relationships are scattered. This word scattered means to disperse or to dissipate. Like a sheep without a shepherd, we all go our own way doing our own thing. And it's happened to many of us. We've all been in these situations that due to a crisis, come on somebody, due to a letdown, due due through a medical condition in the family, due through a, a financial crisis we went through that God didn't come through on, All of a sudden, something takes place in our lives that we expected God to show up, and he didn't show up the way that we expected him to. So as a result, the disciples expected Jesus to show up as king, to show up with the sword and come and deliver the nation of Israel. Instead, he humbles himself and has himself pinned on a cross, suspended between heaven and earth, and they couldn't fathom what was going on here. You didn't deliver me the way I expected you to come through. And because of that, they desert Jesus. And we've walked away from God for smaller things than that. Due to a crisis, a letdown, we leave, we abandon Christ. We've left jobs, we've left relationships, marriages, we've left churches because God let us down. Jesus is saying that the crisis will cause us to fall apart and to give in to what is comfortable Instead of what was our conviction. Crisis has a way of causing us to compromise. Book of Zechariah 13.7, you don't need to turn there, says strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. And See, this is why it's so important that you have a good shepherd. Say it again, pastor. You, you need a shepherd in your life. Well, my, my, my church is at home. I just, you know, I watch, I watch Joel Osteen on TV or I watch, uh, you know, I, I watch T.D. Jakes on TV. Well, you know, good for you. They're great ministries, wonderful ministries. But you need a shepherd. You need someone that's going to lead you. You need someone that's going to be there to, to, to protect you from the wolves of life, to give you some warning. But that shepherd can't care for you if you're never here. Oh, did I say that? I was just thinking that. <laughs> that word leave means to let go, to disregard, to leave behind, dismiss, divorce, or cancel, or abandon. When we go through crises in life, it's so amazing how quickly we let go of those things that we were once convinced of. I'm convinced that Jesus is the Son of God, convinced God loves me. But let one little crisis come up in our lives, and all of a sudden, we let go, we leave, we abandon, we divorce, we cut off, we break away from the very thing that just days before I said, I am committed, I'm your ride or die, I'll never turn my back on you, God. And it takes one little thing to trip us up. It's time to close the gap. Jesus plainly states that crisis can cause many people to abandon him. He knew it. But I got good news for you this morning. Somebody say good news. Omaha, if you would help me this morning. I want you to check this out. Verse 33. I love what Jesus says. Nothing catches Jesus off guard. 
Do you realize that the purpose that lays on your life, God has already factored in your failure? God has already factored in your addictions, your bad attitude, your past, your, your failures. God's already, he's already factored in all those things before he created you. I always love to say that God's grace is greater, not just than my strength, but God's grace is greater than my failure. That's strong. Because God's grace can cover my failure. Verse 33, look what Jesus says. I have told you, somebody say told you. All these things that you may have peace in me. Jesus is saying, hey, hey, hold on, folks. I got good news for you. It's not all bad. It's not, you know what, you're going to go through some things, but that's cool. That's why I'm going to the cross. I got your back. You told me you believe in me. You know what, I want God. I tell God, God, I believe in you, but I want God to be able to look at me and say, I believe in you. I don't want to just have faith in God. I want God to have faith in me. I want God to be able to say, just like I was reading in the book of Ezekiel where judgment is coming down on the children of Israel. And God says, even if the big three were here, I'm, I'm reading out of the message version. It says, even if the big three were here, Daniel, Noah, and uh, I, I forget, the, and, and Job. If, even if the big three were here, they would only save themselves by their righteousness, not even their families. That's how mad God was. And I thought, man, God, I want you to have the faith in me that you had in the big three. I want you to trust me the way you trusted them. He goes, I tell you, now God knows. Everyone say God knows. God already knows. He knows your disappointment right where you're sitting right now. God knows your doubt right. He's well acquainted with your strength and your weaknesses. Come on, somebody say amen. He's already factored in your weaknesses. He already knows you, knows you, and yet he cares. He knows all about you. My God knows you, that you're not alone. He's not recognized. You are not alone. Even if you abandon him, you're not alone. That the Holy Spirit, wherever you go, will track you down. He'll follow you. He'll go after you. That no matter how far you run away, I have a Holy Spirit of God that will track you down, that will hunt you down, that will pursue you, that will let you know that you're mine no matter how much you try to break away from me I've shed my blood so that you may be redeemed you are not alone you can have peace in me book of Isaiah says you will have perfect peace all who trust in you and whose thoughts are fixed on you daily if you've blown it just turn your thoughts away from your problems And start fixing your attention on him. Start refocusing your attention. Verse 33, he goes on and says, Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows. Somebody say many. How many have ever had many issues? How many have many issues going on right now? Right? You will have many trials and sorrows. Now, where do you get in that that everything's going to be fine after you receive Christ? What did you not understand? He, he's making it pretty clear here. In fact, another place he says they hated me. How much more are they going to hate you? And yet we, want, we get all bent out of shape when we have an issue that comes in our lives. You don't have a problem. You have opportunity. Not a problem. Not, 
When you're sick, I have an opportunity to experience him as my healer. When I'm broke, I have an opportunity to, 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 to experience him as my provider. That when I'm struggling in my mind, I have the opportunity to experience his peace. That's not a problem. It's just an opportunity for God to show himself. He says, number four, you will have met trials, but God has already overcome. So listen, get over it. Problems are part of life, all right? Oh, man, you don't know what I'm going through. You know, I don't need to know what you're going through. I've gone through my own crap. I've gone through my own struggles. I've gone through my own battles. I don't need to hear your story and hear how bad you got it and why you can't make it. I tell you what, for every one of your problems, there's someone that has gone through something far worse that is still pressing on, that is moving on and going higher. So stop feeling sorry for yourself and recognize life isn't always easy. Expect to face some issues, but take heart. Bring it on, trials. Come on, bring it on. Because without resistance, your muscles don't grow. I'm going to get rocked on this one. I'm going to be buffed by the time this one's done. You're going to say, I'm going to be going by the time this, this, this thing's over. Why? Because it's a resistance that helps me build. so awesome man you don't want you don't want that bro I don't want anyone to I don't want anyone to lust up in here right now but you can have comfort that woke that brother up wipe that saliva bro but you can have comfort in your conflict and I'm grateful that for that I could take heart and have comfort in my conflict because God is with me. How can I take heart? Take heart means to be cheerful, courageous, confident, and of good comfort. We got to change our perspective in our crisis. We got to cheer up and have courage. Come on, somebody. We got to stop being afraid about what we're going through. And we got to literally replace our fear with trust in God. Because when I do that, how do I do that? How do I make that happen? How, Pastor, you're giving me some great points. I appreciate that. But how do I do it? You don't have to do it. Jesus said, I have overcome the world. He already took care of it for you. It's finished. It's completed. All you have to do is be in him. The closer I am in him, the stronger the overcoming becomes in me. So what's the key? Stop focusing in on your problems and start focusing in on Christ in you. Because the more of Christ I get, the more overcoming becomes in me. And I don't have to fight to overcome. I love what the book of Romans says in Romans 8. I got to close right here, so stay with me. Romans 8, yet in all these things, someone say all these things, that we are more than conquerors. I want that word more than conquerors in the Greek is hyponikos. And that word hyponikos is what nikos is where we get the, the word Nike from. Nike shoes mean conqueror. Hypo is a hyperactive. Hypo is something that, that's a, yeah, if you have a hyperactive kid, a hypo kid, that kid is, is what? 
They're, they're everywhere. They're hyperactive, right? They're more than active. Jesus is saying, you're not just a conqueror. You're, you're a hypo conqueror. You, you can't help but conquer. Wherever you go, you conquer. This comes up, boom, I con- oh, sorry, boom, I conquered that, I conquered this. Everywhere you go, why? Because it's in you. So he says this, so what shall separate? Does this mean that he no longer lives if we have trouble or calamity or persecution or hunger or destitute or in danger or in threat with death? This is what Romans says before that scripture in 8.35. He says, does it mean if I go through a crisis that Jesus doesn't exist? In crisis, does God exist? Oh, come on. Does crisis, does God still exist? In crisis, when you're squeezed, does God still exist? When you're attacked, does God still exist? When you're in lack, does God still exist? When you're exposed, will God still exist? When you're in danger, is God still, does God still exist? In threats, does God still exist? Can any of these separate you from the love of God? No, nothing can separate you. The only thing that's not listed there by the Apostle Paul is you. Nothing on the outside can separate you from Christ. But Paul never mentions you. Close the gap. Draw near to me. And I will draw near to you. Stand to your feet this morning. Bless your name, God. Bless your name. I know we've gone through some struggles. We've all gone through some battles. We've gone through some crises in life. But I want you to take heart. It's not over. It's not over. As Troy sings, I want you right now, I'm going to open these altars. And I want to give you an opportunity this morning just to come and find a place before the Lord right now. And just open your heart and close the gap. God, I know what I believe, but I've given to, I allow my convictions to give in to my conveniences. I don't want that to happen. I want what I believe to become what I live. I want to stop giving in in trading in my convictions for my convenience. This morning, I want to just open these altars and I want you to come and find a place this morning and tell the Lord, in the middle of my crisis, I do not want to be separated from you. Amen, Troy. Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at cwcbayarea.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash cwcbayarea.